In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday Firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members, as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us, you're just wanting to make money, do good and be happy. One of the things is talking about this idea of a journey of change, a story of change, I would say, that we're calling, uh, that Lawrence and I have been like playing with in terms of the work we're trying to do uh, generally, but in particular, the Vision 2020 program, of which uh, Serena was uh, a part of in uh, Tribe 4. And linking that as well to her own story and her own journey, uh, her um, things that she wants to create. Uh, and what I was talking to Serena about before was, you know, for us, it's very much around what is the story of change that we are experiencing? How do we make sense of it? How do we tell it in a way that gives us clarity? But then how do we see the gold and the value in it that we can offer to others? And that, for me, is one of the themes I think we'll try, I hope to explore, but I'm happy to go in all sorts of directions. But before, uh, we've already gone deep. <laughs> Before we go deeper, uh, Serena, I'd like you to just share a bit about yeah, a bit about what you do at the moment, maybe, and then talk a little bit about the part of the the the, the journey that you've been on because uh, it, it's been a bit of a rocky one. Yes. Uh, so my name is Serena. I'm Italian, uh, and um, I'm an HR professional that decided to start a podcast that is called I'm Back to have conversation with people that are coming back to work after a life-changing experience, positive like a maternity or negative like an illness. It's always hard, I think, to return to work and to restart to work after something that is happening uh, in your life. And I think it's also uh, a question for me about what kind of environment we want to have in the workplace. Uh, and often, if we think about our workplaces, the environment is not welcoming at all. Uh, it's so hard to give people space. It's so hard to give people time. Um, it's so hard to give people understanding about wh what was happening. And of course, we have the legal aspect of that, but it's a tricky one because mm. the law is saying to everyone, like I'm speaking for Italy, 
um, if you are losing someone de really uh, dear to your family, a loved one, you have only three days and then you need to come back to work. And this is so painful because how can you go back to work after three days when you are grieving? It doesn't make any sense. If you are going to a maternity in Italy, you have six months. But okay, is it six months for good for everyone? Uh, the answer, of course, is not. If you are a dad, you have only seven days. Like saying that if you are a dad, it's not so important to enjoy or to experience your uh, your new role as a father. So there is this tension that I see between what is prescribed by law that is more or less accepted by the workplaces with a lot of discrimination, unfortunately, also linked to that. And the disconnection with uh, what are our conscious or unconscious needs. And, and this tension often, from my experience, can cause only more and more pain. And also having, I would like to have conversation with people about how can we create together a welcoming environment at work for everyone. And the reason why this is so dear to my heart, it's uh, for two reasons. The first one is that I was born with a disability. So um, I know the impact of being ill, sick, going through hospitals. And the impact that lies on the families and these kind of things. And I know that since my childhood. And also because uh, seven years ago, I had a bad accident at work. And so it was super, super hard for me, the coming back to work, because I was not the same person anymore. I was not the same professional anymore. And I was really lost and I was feeling alone and I don't want anyone to feel the same. So even if it took me seven years to create the podcast, I think I'm creating this podcast and I'm doing this podcast, yes, for people that are struggling right now, but also as a part of my personal healing process. And also to say to the Serena I was, you are not alone. You are uh, not lost. Uh, there is another way. There is a better way that we can explore together. And again, it's a, let's say, a conversation that I'm having with a lot of people, but it's also a conversation that I'm having with my previous self. When I had my accident, I had to um, do a lot of surgeries. And I was so scared to say to my manager, uh, I need to do an, another surgery and I need to be out for two weeks, that I started to postpone all my surgeries, causing a lot of pain, uh, emotional and physical pain, because I didn't know how to ask, I didn't know how to share, I didn't know how to be open about it's not the three days at the hospital, I need more. Uh, and this is why I'm doing this podcast and, and also why I decided to put the title I'm back, because for me, it's a reflection about 
when you have the power to decide when you are back and you can decide when you want to say, I'm back now. I'm really back. I'm here now. It's not something that is related to society or these kind of things. I am in awe of the clarity with which uh, you're expressing your work and the, the challenges you're trying to tackle. Today, we were running an event called Ideas Cafe, and the theme was this idea of creating content before you're ready. And I floated this idea of uh, rather than having the answers and telling people what to do, how can you frame what you create within a question? Because it's a question you want to answer for yourself, as well as it feels like in your case, at least it is a systemic question. And it becomes more of an invitation to a conversation as opposed to a stick to hit people over the head with for doing wrong things and what that means in terms of an energy. Yes, this is really resonating with me because actually I, when I started, I really didn't know uh, what I was trying to do. I remember really well the first call with Lawrence when uh, I was thinking to join the tribe. And Lawrence asked me, what is your product? What do you want to create? And what is your idea? And I said to Lawrence, I don't know. I don't know why I want to join this tribe. I don't know why it's resonating. I'm really lost. I, I really don't know. Can I join anyway? And Lawrence said, yes. And I'm really grateful for that. But for me, it was uh, an important passage because to be honest, I felt that something was emerging, but I was really not able to tackle anything about it. And um, have the opportunity to have the space, time, and the support to really nourish the little seed that were that was really down in the soils and almost not visible made the difference for me. And also. Why the idea of the podcast is also a funny story because uh, I'm really an introvert. I don't like to, to be really visible or or to share my voice. I, I really despise that. And, and at the same time, why the podcast that is doing the opposite? And it's a funny story because one of our friends of the tribe, Nirish, was creating a podcast. And so when uh, he started to share his journey, I said, okay, I'm going to do a podcast too <laughs> without mm -hmm. knowing more or less anything about podcasting and, and this kind of thing. So for me, it was really being connected with what were emerging and really be connected with intuitions that didn't make any sense to me. And seek the support because um, without the support, without the, again, the welcoming and safe environment, for me, it's impossible to create anything. And at the same time, it was a journey of change for me and transformation because I started from uh, not only a question mark, but uh, a question mark on why I want to do this. And uh, and now I'm I'm more clear on why and what I want to do. 
I could just listen to Serena all day. I think <laughs> there's a reason why you're, I don't know, maybe you're naturally drawn to using your voice, but you just have, like Carla said, such a way with words and a, a serenity, pardon the pun, about you. Um, and so much gravitas because of the experiences that you've been through. Um, and I think that's why I was drawn to you when we first had that conversation was, I don't know, some, there's just a, sometimes there's a, a reason why someone wants to connect with you and there's a, a reason that you can't put your finger on. Maybe there's not even a question like, you know, like Carla said, but there's a, a feeling more than anything of there's something here to explore. Um, and I'm just glad that you followed that curiosity and trusted us really, because I think a lot of this is about trust, you trusting in us, you trusting in your ideas, you trusting in Mark who helped you with the podcast. Yeah, Mark is amazing. But I think more than anything, trusting in your own innate, wisdom to to put this out there i think a lot of people we meet even people we spoke to this morning really struggle with that inner critic and so even mark said the fact that you just go off and put these episodes together and he does all the magic you know a lot of it's down to you and your drive and your willingness to or commitment to this cause so yeah it's um it's what the world needs and it needs more of it i'm taken by your analogy of the seed and it made me think about just our work at the happy startup school in a broader sense and i i remember someone describing i think lawrence you said someone described at least one of our retreats as a startup decelerator not an accelerator and i just wanted to work on that for now because when we started our community when we started in business there's particularly in the startup world it was about accelerator it's like have an idea and just scale it as soon as you can before you're really even clear whether that was the right idea for you and I think, you know, Lawrence has been to many startup weekends and seen just ideas die. A, you know, the, the classic thing is um, building something that nobody wants. But I think the hidden message for me was building something that you don't want, that no one really tackled. One of the things that we're really curious about at the Happy Startup School is this idea of product founder fit. What is it that's mine to build? Not necessarily what's the opportunity that I can exploit in the market. And that question is not something that you can force or the answer to that. I don't think is something you can force. It's something that I, I think takes and using your analogy back to your analogy, there's this seed deep in the soil. You have no idea what it's going to turn into, what it's going to grow into. And you either try and force it into becoming an oak tree or you nurture it and let it grow and then work with what you've got. And this whole thing about this is, this is a seed that's been in there for seven years just needed the right environment and the right water and the right time. I think that's the other thing. The thing about the accelerator is like, it has to be done yesterday. We need to move fast. As opposed to actually, this is the right time. And one of the things that I found with, I love about your story, because it's there's something that's really intrinsic to you that's embedded in I'm Back, that has its time right now. For us, as a business, the Happy Startup School, and I was, I'm, I'm also going to extrapolate to people who do help others. It isn't we can't force people to change when we want them to change. We just have to be there talking about what we do. So when then when they're ready, they know where to go. And I feel like you being able to tell your story now when you're ready is now giving people a place to go when they're ready to start trying to tackle this question. For me, time is really essential, and I um, love what you are saying about the startups. 
uh, I worked in startups and we need to grow faster. We need to go full speed. We need to have everything ready tomorrow. I don't know if it's really sustainable and I don't know if it's right for me. That is the mm. most important part, actually, because I don't want to grow fast. I don't want to go full speed. I don't want to have the success like we are imagining success. I want to be, to create a space that maybe is a small space, but is a space for people that needs that space when they need that space. I don't want to have like a podcast with uh, 1 billion downloads. Um, I want to create a podcast that really is resonating with maybe only one person, but at the right time for that person. Because I, when we say, oh, we want uh, the startups that can create an impact, <laughs> what do we mean by that? And for me, it's really related to we are not God, <laughs> meaning that we uh, don't need to uh, put ourselves in the savior ca character and saying, I'm going to give you what you need and uh, you will uh, change or transform yourself because I'm here. I want to have another uh, perspective on this that is saying, I, I believe in you. I know that you can do it. I know that you are already in this transformational journey. I know that it can be tough. Let me be there with you, with you, not because I'm better, not because I'm worse, be, be with you to really do part of this journey together. And it doesn't mean that we need to do all the journey together, but let's create an occasion to meet ourselves and have meaningful conversation, meaningful connection. And really, I want to say to people that I see their pain, I see their fragilities, but I see also their wonder and their light and that they are able to do it, even if it's they are still in, in the mess right now. And this is more important for me. There is a quote from Voltaire that uh, said, um, we need to cultivate our own garden. And for me, what I'm trying to do is the same because I'm trying to cultivate my own garden that is <laughs> myself and what I need and uh, my healing process. But I want also to give people um, the space to say, okay, what is your garden? Maybe it's a small one. Maybe you just have one, one plant. And But it's, it's a starting point. And let's cultivate together this, this garden. And maybe it will take like 10 years time. And maybe mm -hmm. it will take two days. Um, I love the clarity with which you express yourself. And um, the way you're talking about the patience around it, because it isn't about getting somewhere, it's about being here. I like the idea of just being about creating this space and being with people. Um, you also talked about you don't need a billion people to 
be downloading your podcast, though I would argue that wouldn't be a bad thing either. <laughs> um, but it did remind me, and I just wanted to just like, because I think this is an interesting point of connection. Like you, you, you're talking about here of, uh, in a very humble way, your work. But I wanted to connect it to uh, people who are doing larger things, but I think have the same sentiment. I've been listening to a podcast with Sam Harris and Leo Babauta, sort of the founder of Zen Habits. But the thing that stood out for me is he was talking about, he has a million subscribers. And the problem he had, he said, what you measure is what you focus on. And so he got really, he, he was finding it really difficult because he was focusing on the numbers. And what he wanted to focus on was being able to help someone, whoever that may be. And for someone who is that, you know, he's been going on for 10 odd years, that's successful to just reiterate that message, which you just said. It's like, I just want to help someone. And then where will that go? We don't know. But there's a real honest and from why I hear very clear intention around that. And then the patient that I think that cultivates because it's such a genuine need to help yourself and through that helping others. Yes. And at the same time, I will add something uh, to that. Because um, part of my struggles were linked to the fact that the starting point for me was a really personal story. And I feel that it's the same for a lot of people that are coming to the happy startups or the happy entrepreneurs. It's, it's something that is re resonating really deeply and they want to create something that is really connected to who they are. So the struggle for me was, um, and Mark knows this really well, when I have launched the podcast, I, I really uh, didn't want anyone to listen to the podcast. But I know that it sounds crazy, especially to my episode. I really didn't mm. want anyone to listen to that. Um, and so it was really a struggle for me to find the right balance between put everything out there and let's say uh, push the podcast or make the po podcast visible to people because I want to serve those people and I want to meet those people. And at the same time, being so personal, I was really scared because it's a vulnerable position. It's really easy to get hurt. And and also, to be honest, I'm still wondering if what I'm providing is what other people need because right now I'm still answering my personal needs linked to my healing story. So it's a... Yes, there is this notion of reimagining what is success or, or what means success for you. And, and there is also this struggle about creating something that is really personal. It's really connected to who you are and, and being vulnerable in this. Also in the acceptance that it could be a failure or it could be not relevant for uh, the people you want to serve. Well, it links back to what you said this morning in these sessions we had when people were talking about this fear of when we put, well, not even just put our ideas into the world. Lots of people there are happy writing or 
talking about other people's things, other people's ideas, maybe your clients, you're used to wearing that mask of a brand or a company. But as soon as you start to open your heart and be vulnerable and share more of your story or your beliefs or your truths, there's a fear of either tumbleweed. So someone, no one responding, the world not responding and that fear of rejection or on the other side, attack you know, someone jumping on board with negative comments who doesn't relate to you or your story or just thinks it's not not true or not worthy. And so this internal dialogue we will have when we start to put these ideas out there can just debilitate people and often we don't get going or things sit in draft. And I suppose to lots of people who've put an odd uh, podcast episode together or a blog post together and it just sits in drafts and you have this body of work that's just sitting there. Maybe it could connect with someone, but our fears get in the way of that being realized and so to be honest i think you're doing it all right i just think you've got so much um every time i talk to you i just it's weird i've got an auntie who's a nun without sounding too spiritual about this but there's very few people who make me feel like you do when i talk to you you just seem to have this groundedness and integrity and aura about you and so i think you're doing it all right i just think it's about time and and my sense is anyone who's been through any sort of healing journey of their own will find you at the right time for them. And like Carla said, maybe there is a billion people out there who will benefit from this work, whether it's a podcast or you holding space for them, which I think will be maybe the next step with this is some community or um, space that you could create that would just give permission to other people to talk about these topics. What um, sprang to mind is the tension between, well, one level building a business and being on a mission, whatever that mission may be, personal or broader. And then there's this aspect of being honest and vulnerable and authentic about your own struggles and the fear that it might destabilize or cause uncertainty in others because they don't believe that you've got it together or have the answers. And 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 this resonates with a conversation we had this morning around how authentic should I be about the way I talk about myself online, because I might scare people away because they don't believe I know what I'm doing. If you're selling an answer, then you need to give people confidence. That's what I And So if this person's mission is to make money and to sell a product or a service that solves a very specific question, yes, you need to talk about the certainty that you know that you can provide them, gives them that feeling of ease when they're trying to work with you. But if you're offering a sense of connection, uh, feeling that you're not alone, uh, empathy and understanding of someone's internal world, then that's that's a feeling of different matter. You want to connect to the person, not necessarily the message. And maybe you're not ready for a solution. You're just ready to be heard. But this is all about your, your intention. And I hear with your intention, because you called it a question, there's much more of a broader systemic aspect to this rather than please sign up to my podcast so I can have more listeners. It's like, I believe we need to talk about this. I need, I believe there are people out there who don't realize that people want to talk about this. And so if I can be at least one beacon in it, in this dark sky, one star that people can at least point themselves towards, then that's going to be impactful to someone. And it doesn't matter if... I'm not clear or I'm not, I don't give them answers. It's just, I'm not alone. Mm. And I feel and that. I think w- yeah. one crucial part to that 
which links to when we started all those years ago was it feels like you've got a really strong enemy here which is driving this maybe the timing's now because of it i don't know but something's not right you just know it's not right it's not right to be treated the way you've been treated or to feel like you can't communicate your truth or your illness or your struggle and so you don't need validation for that you know that's not right and so my sense is there's a motivation there on a one-to-one level maybe connecting with one person but also knowing that no one should feel like this this isn't something that is acceptable just like we used to think business as usual isn't right like to be just focused on the money and take out the humanity is just not right it's just common sense to us i think and to add on to that um you you mentioned vulnerability and i would say a link to that is fear of some level and again it's another conversation we had this morning it's all connecting up it's really useful there's like a fear of rejection or a fear of judgment that i could add on to this and so we could be like lawrence was saying we could keep all of these things in draft never do anything and one of the reasons could be just this fear that if i say something someone will reject me or judge me in a certain way and what i wanted to offer this morning was this this quote from elizabeth gilbert about choosing curiosity over fear you can't get rid of the fear and particularly if it's baked down it's like in your belly you can as much as you can rationalize it and say oh no but it isn't real it's just a feeling not fact it's still there <laughs> still makes but the invitation is that what can overpower it what can i what can give me enough wind in my sails to overcome the anchor that is the fear so rather than being dragged back there's something even stronger that's pushing me forward and again i go back to the question the curiosity the curiosity not about not just about the idea and the question around it but also the people out there you know you're having conversations because i assume you're also curious about their own experiences and that's pulling you forward more than the fear of being judged or being wrong uh, and so you know you're asking you know what could we say uh, that for me is something to reflect on is what what can i what is the curiosity that's going to be stronger than the fear for me personally i had a lot of fears <laughs> i still have a lot of fear especially when i'm publishing uh, really let's say triggering episodes or when i'm sharing something on linkedin that is not about success and but it's something about the pain <laughs> and at the same time i was able to overcome that because this journey for me is not only about me and the fear that i was feeling yes it's my personal fear of being rejected and at the same time i don't want anyone to feel rejected so I, for me it's about them it's about people that are feeling maybe the same and i think it's important also on linkedin to create spaces for really talk about pain fragilities vulnerabilities um low performance that sounds impossible to talk about it on linkedin and i think if i'm able to create this little island 
it's going to be easier for people to say, okay, we can also do that. Again, I have a lot of fears. Um, and at the same time, I have a lot of hopes because I really believe that we can change uh, the work environment and we can ask for things that are important and relevant for us. Because at the end of the day, and I'm speaking as an HR person, I know really well that this is going to increase performance, productivity, income, revenue, and these kind of things. So it makes me so angry that it's so difficult still to this day to have this kind of open conversation and to create a welcoming environment for really everyone when there is these buzzwords about psychological safety, diversity, inclusion, vulnerability in the workplace uh, and these kind of things. But then something happened and it's never the same. I have never talked with anyone till now that said my company was great in welcoming back, welcoming me back, or I didn't experience anything like that. Even if maybe you are sharing with me a story that is not a big story, like a big illness or an accident or maternity, but even smaller story, like how are we coming back to work after the pandemic? It's almost something that we cannot discuss. What is the trauma that the pandemic created in all of us? We cannot discuss this. And it makes me hungry, and I think it's a great way to be hungry because this will all overcome the fear of rejection. Anger as a, as a motivation. <laughs> Even if I'm normally a sweet person. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this, like when people talk about passion, people think about, you know, following your passion, turning your passion into a business. But passion is all about I think often fueled by um, an injustice or an anger or frustration or something. That's what drives us to make things happen, particularly in Serena's case. But I think in a lot of people, without that, it's just there's always something better to do or easier to do. But it's it's a great source of change, I believe, because it <coughs> well makes us act. I saw something in the chat, and maybe I I think Francis said something about your self awareness. Serena, and real understanding of self. And I wanted to add on to the whole aspect of passion and anger, because I think I agree with Lawrence. I think passion is, is a fuel. It's definitely something that drives us forward. And anger can be part of that. But when there's a lack of an awareness around it and an inability to control it, and I'm linking this to this idea of authenticity and vulnerability, and you know, what do I share on LinkedIn? If we kind of like vomit our feelings in a way that isn't aware or self-aware that isn't necessarily always going to help but if we can harness those feelings i feel in a way that we don't diminish them we don't dismiss them we don't um rationalize them as such but we articulate them in a, in a self-aware way then that's where i think authenticity can be a powerful tool when we're talking about the work that we're trying to do and so yeah i've always struggled with this idea of passion because there was an element of lack of control. Control not in the sense of like, I need to be able to 
um, have a hold on it, but this kind of um, it not creating the results that I'm looking for. But I feel with you, there's this real drive, this real like, ah, uh, and real awareness about what that means, not only for yourself, but for others. And so I, I re I'm really, um, I feel that you're modeling what it means to be vulnerable and authentic and be very clear about this is not your comfort zone. No. <laughs> And so it isn't all roses, like, yeah, I was vulnerable and I was an introvert and now I'm much more extroverted and I can do a podcast. No, I'm still scared. I still yeah. find it hard and I'm still doing it. Or I'm trying to do it. That's the other thing. It's like this is an unfolding story, I think, is one of the things I want to uh, really latch onto here is there's a lot of a lot of messages of like, oh, I used to be this and now I'm this and everything's good. No, it continues to be challenging and it continues to be hard. And you're not this new hero. You still need support. You still need people around you. And I don't like this notion of the hero. I'm just myself and I can show up as I am. And yes, it's a journey. Uh, I'm in a learning curve. But um, for example, uh, I received a feedback on one of my podcasts saying, oh, I really loved uh, the episode, but uh, why you are talking so little during your podcast? You you need to talk more about yourself because I want to know you <laughs> and to see your perspective. You are uh, giving a, a lot of space to the other people. That, of course, this was the intention, the starting point for me to put the guest at the center. But at the same time, it, it was uh, a really useful comment and feedback for me because I really noticed after that, that yes, I'm tending to speak as little as possible. I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to share um, personal things. And I think that if I'm not able to find the right balance, I'm losing something in the conversation and people may lose something in the conversation because the way I think I show up is also the way I want people to experience the podcast. But if I'm not talking, how, they, how can they know? <laughs> and so... It's always challenging for me, and it's always when I need to publish a LinkedIn post, I'm always in doubt, and I'm always uh, say to myself, oh, why, Serena, do you need to write these things again? <laughs> Can you write something about life is amazing, <laughs> you are the best person in the world, and this kind of thing, instead of saying <laughs> life is uh, could be a struggle and... Uh, <laughs> this kind of thing. Uh, so every time I need to publish something, uh, I have always the in internal struggle of saying it makes sense, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and at the same time, I'm trying to to continue doing that. Again, not only for myself and for my healing process, but also for others and for other people that maybe they will need that. I'm curious about 
you know, you just, you're talking about the feedback and them wanting to hear more about you. And I'm sure you've had helpful and, and positive feedback from others. How has that felt for you? And what has it done, if anything, for you when thinking about the podcast and doing another episode and continuing? The most shocking things for me was and this the fact that I don't need to find guests because a lot of people, a lot of people are approaching me saying, please, I want to come and share my story. So, for example, I have already all the episodes ready for the next six months and I'm publishing an episode every two weeks and I have already a long list of guests that are saying to me, oh, I want to, to come. So it's also, it was really shocking. And it's also um, uh, something that uh, it's um, like the opposite of the normal uh, um, way of thinking, I think, podcasting or this kind of things. Meaning that maybe I'm not so much pushing on having more listeners, but I'm already attracting a lot of people that feel that it's a safe space and that it's an occasion for them to share. And this is really beautiful, unexpected, and also fulfilling because, yes, it's like I I achieved what I wanted to achieve in a sense. And it's funny that I'm receiving a lot of messages from my guests saying, oh, when are you going to publish my story? And I need to say, in six months, you will have your episodes published. And it's it's funny. And at the same time, it's um, it's really beautiful and it's really moving for me. And if I connect the word moving to continue to move and continue to create and do things, yes, um, I'm able to do it because I have already episodes recorded. I'm able to do it because I continue to receive messages from people saying, I want to to come and share my story. So it's hard for me to stop when people are saying, no, I want to come and, and do this with you. We're cl- coming close to, to an end. Uh, and I feel and I don't want to make this too contrived, but I do want to to play on this story of change. And if you can cast your mind back to before the podcast and what you perceived podcasting to be like and what you thought was going to get in your way to what where you are now and what actually will got in your way and how you overcame those things. I'm not enough. Uh, I don't know anything about podcasting. Uh, I I don't speak English really well, and my podcast is in English. Um, I don't like my voice. I don't like to put me on the stage. (laughs) Uh, And a lot of other things. The list is, is long. And for me, I tackle all those things one by one. Like, I'm not good enough but I don't need to be good enough to do that uh, because it's not about me. Uh, I'm not a native speaker uh, in, in English, 
but I want to collect stories from English speakers. Um, I don't know anything about podcasting. I can ask to the wizard, <laughs> Mark, so I can have the support that I need. So I, I really try to make this long, long list of things that were in between and really transform and change those um, to overcome everything. And again, they are still there because I'm still feeling not good enough. Uh, I'm not sure about my English and these kind of things. It's not that they will disappear magically. Um, I'm still learning about podcasting, but it's just they are with me, not against me. And it's a beautiful thing, personally. Add that to the t-shirt list. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Serena, thank you. Time has flown by amazingly. It's just really wonderful to just hear everything that you're saying, despite it not being your native language. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I really mean it. Thank you. Um, Grazie mille. <laughs> Grazie mille. <laughs> oh, my God. I go back to something Case Klump said at summer camp years ago about how purpose comes from pain and without pain, there is no purpose. And I think your story is just a great example of that. You've had some painful experiences in your life, but it's what you do with those. And it feels like this is something that was going to happen and maybe it's taken seven years to happen, but I'm just so excited about where this may go for you and so many people that you can help. So, yeah, I think the thing I like about this is, like Carla said, it's an unfolding story. It's not one that's been told. And so I feel connected to it. And anyone who hears your story feels connected to it. And that's the magic here. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that you've, the way you just laugh, laugh through the fear and move forward and have hopes and dreams and don't let those get drowned out by the fears. Super inspiring. So yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really super grateful to have met both of you and the Happy Startup School. I think it was crucial for me to be part of the tribe because it was not only the support, but also the journey and the time that you gave to everyone to really unfold the idea and explore the idea. So I'm really grateful to both of you and to the Happy Startup School. And I'm really grateful to my tribe and to Mark and to Lana. <laughs> I'm grateful to you for this story. I think it's so useful to hear about what is ultimately for me a very creative endeavor. I think in the world of business, whenever we're investing in something or deciding to do something, there's this immediate, what's the ROI? You know, what's, what is it that I'm going to get back from this? I'm hearing this from your particular journey, energy, clarity, courage, connection. You know, we teach a course on pricing. I have no idea how to put a number on that. What, what is the number that you put on that? And what is the number that people would put on hearing your voice and hearing your story and wanting to share the space with you because they need to share their story? And so I think for me is a message to anyone listening to this is like, you can't necessarily put a price tag on everything in life. And sometimes you just need to start something, do it and, and just feel the energy, which are something I'm trying to learn 
and your story is inspirational for me. So thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. And maybe we can rethink ROI in a different say, uh, way, like regeneration, optimism, and integrity. Boom. You're a natural, Serena. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for the Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career or entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself, what next? And you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction, then this program is for you. We'll help you define what success really means to you, understand the impact that is yours to make, make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable, and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself. We want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We'll share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service and connection. We value learning, play and friendship and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone and don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success. Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact. To apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co. We look forward to hearing from you.